What's up, everyone? This is Brian Ward, host of the Data Podcast, the podcast show for dads, about dads, being dads. I'm super excited that you're here and for the guests that I have on the show today. But before we get to the interview, if you have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you smash that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Also, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. The link is in the show notes. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I'm really excited about the guest I have on today because this guy has, I honestly, aside from my own family, my wife and kids, this guy has probably been my number one fan uh, for Dad Up. Uh, he and I have connected, been connected now for almost three years, and uh, he's just been a really, really good friend of mine. And I've it's a long time coming that this has happened. So I'm glad that he's, uh, he's able to take time out of his day, but, uh, my good friend, Jeff Volpus, welcome to data brother. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you having me very honored to be here. Awesome. Um, okay. So let's, let's dive right in because I mean, obviously you and I connected obviously through social media, um, years ago. Um, but for my listeners who may not know who you are, a little bit of backstory on you, kind of how you grew up, how were you were raised, and then obviously, you know, how, what you're doing today and the things you're doing today and helping, helping dads. Okay, well, <clears throat> I was actually raised by my grandparents. Um, I grew up in Stewart, Florida. Uh, like I said, raised by my grandparents. I did tons of things growing up. Um, became an entrepreneur very young. I was cutting grass, washing cars. Always was interested in entrepreneurial stuff, uh, how I could start my own business, how I could work for myself. And then I actually got into music and got into clothing and did this and that. And now I'm actually a mind fitness coach. So I actually help dads with their life and with their business. And how was your experience with your grandparents growing up? I mean, what, what life lessons did they teach you? Oh, it was amazing. I was so very blessed to have them because... You know, my biological parents faced whatever challenges they faced. Um, you know, they had their ups and downs in life, which as I'm an adult, I understand a lot of people do. <clears throat> but I was so blessed to be raised by grandparents that I got all those extra years of education, all those fundamentals of the old school. This is how we become successful. This is how we work hard. This is how we, you know, build our family. This is how we show love. And I was so blessed by a lot of times when we're younger, we lack patience. So I was very blessed by grandparents that had patience. Um, I had a grandpa that stepped in and raised me. Uh, he actually wasn't my blood grandpa, but he treated me like a son. I call him my dad. And <clears throat> he just did amazing. He was a craftsman. He would teach me how to have patience, how to measure, uh, measure twice, cut once. So a lot of that old school this is the way we do things the proper way and everything. So I was, like I said, taught very well to do things a certain way. It, it helped me with my systems. It helped me with my patience. And it helped me so much as a man to have all of those extra years being raised by grandparents of experience. Hmm. Um, so they raised, they taught you all those things. Um, did they teach you in what ways did they teach you entrepreneurship though? Because you talked about, how you oh, yeah. always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I know our grandparents are kind of more old school, probably, uh, you know, working in corporate life or, or uh, blue collar workers. How did they teach you about entrepreneurship? 
<clears throat> well, actually, yeah. So my grandpa actually, um, right before fiberglass came into play in the boats, he built wooden boats with my uncle. And they actually have a boat in the museum in Long Island. So they built wooden boats. But when fiberglass came in, that kind of put them, you know, out of business. So after he got done with that, he went to Grumman and built F-14s and stuff. So he went and worked and, you know, worked for somebody. Now, <clears throat> raising a grandson at the age of 50, 60, you're not always planning that income wise. So we had to do something for our income, for a secondary income. So we would go to flea markets. So what we would do is we would go to yard sales and buy stuff. We would go on trash day, pick up stuff. We would clean it up, take it to our spot and then sell it. So it really taught me how to create something out of nothing with entrepreneurial, with interaction with people. I mean, I was in the flea markets with them from seven years old. So it teaches you about selling. It teaches you about rejection. It teaches you about fruits of your labor, about do this. And we're working hard while other people are sleeping or other people are taking the weekend off and we're making money for our family and for our future. So I was really blessed to have that. It was out of necessity for our second income and, and to provide for us. But it taught me so much about what I do now and so much about being an entrepreneur. Oh, that's that's really cool. Um, I do remember times when I was younger uh, going to uh, flea markets, the swap meet, you know, and just yeah. just, uh, you know, browsing and buying stuff um, that, you know, we probably didn't need. But I do remember those th those things, doing those things as a kid. Um the fact that you're involved in it and actually, you know, behind the scenes selling stuff is, uh, is, is cool. Um, now it taught you entrepreneurship, uh, but what are you doing now as far as entrepreneurship? What are you doing now to help, to help dads and to help men in general or women for that matter? <clears throat> so, yeah, so I, I help men and women. Um, I'm a mind fitness coach. And what that basically means is how your mindset runs is how your life runs. So it's the kind of fitness and the kind of health of your mindset because where your mindset goes, your steering wheel will go because your mindset is a steering wheel for your life. So if you're aiming towards great things, if you're aiming towards positivity, you're going to set yourself up for that in those opportunities. So I, how I help dads is being a dad is a lot like an entrepreneur. <clears throat> you put a lot in, a lot in, a lot in, and there's not a left for you not a left, not a lot left for yourself. So I teach dads, look, I know we only have a little bit of time in the day for yourself. I know, um, you know, you probably only have a little bit of you time. Here's the best systems that you can use to take that time and reinvest it in yourself. And then when you do that, that's not selfish because if you're reinvested in yourself, you then can pour more into your family, more into your business, mom or dad, either way, it's those Finding those, even if it's 30 minutes to 45 minutes a day, which is a lot of time for a parent to find for themselves between work, between raising kids, between phone calls all the time. So if you can find that time, use these systems to invest it correctly, you then can become so much better and your family will reap the benefits of that as well. Yeah, I, I love that. And there's one thing that uh, that you're really good at is is working on, on having the right mindset in order to be successful on whatever it is you're doing in your life, whether it's your business or your family for that matter. Um, and, and kind of, you know, thinking about your, your grandparents and how they raised you. Um, I want to kind of touch a little bit though, on kind of the parenting side of things. Now, 
what did your grandparents teach you? Obviously, your 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 biological parents weren't around, weren't involved in your life. But what did your grandparents teach you of maybe parenting lessons that you maybe have picked up as a young boy uh, that you can share to help with parents today? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well, my biological mom was around a little bit and came, you know, when she could. But I was pretty much raised by my grandparents. But so what my grandparents taught me about parenting and about teaching is you have to have patience and you have to. It's so easy to tell kids do this because I said so, but a kid can't process that. Eventually, the kid's going to run out of patience and they're not going to do that. So like what my grandparents did a lot was they taught me this is what I want you to do. This is why I want you to do it. This is how it's benefiting you. So it actually would help me see a choice. It would give me a decision. And then it would help me see in the long run, this is better for me. I mean, as a kid, you hear eat your vegetables, go to bed early, do your homework. It's like a whole to-do list, you know, and we basically got to run the year perfect because Santa Claus is coming at the end of the year. So, but it gave me a really good understanding of why I do what I do. And it actually helped me started processing my brain a lot as a kid because I was like, all right, if I do this and make this choice, I get this reward. And if I do this, I don't, I get grounded. So it actually set me up for adulthood so much earlier because it taught me decisions and for every action, there's a reaction. And, and when you kind of just tell kids, do this or you'll go to bed, do this because I said so, you know, do what I say and not what I do, then you really confuse the kid and the kid is kind of behind when they go to step into adulthood. But being in the flea market, being raised by grandparents, being raised by people that had a lot of patience, especially my grandpa building the boats and, and understanding systems and things take time. He taught me, this is why we're going to do something, Jeff. This is why we do it. This is what it's going to help us. This is what it's going to do good for you. And this is how it's going to help you in adulthood. I mean, I was being trained how to be an adult by seven, eight years old. So I was so far ahead of the curve with everything being raised by them. Mm. Um, I think that's right. I mean, on, obviously your, your, your grandparents taught you the lesson behind the lesson. Uh, and I think that yeah. was beneficial for you, obviously, uh, in helping you kind of, you know, obviously we want our kids to, to grow up and be productive members of society, but it really helped you as a young child really understand how adulthood works to really prepare you for when you do hit that adult world and life does hit you on the chin, you know how to, you know how to uh, get through it. Um, yeah. when, when I talk to dads, I talk to dads about kind of about their, their mindset, but really, um, I try to focus dads in on taking care of themselves and they have to be, they have to be able to take care of themselves first, because if they don't do that, they're not going to be able to be all in for their family. So if I was a dad and I came to you and I said, hey, Jeff, I need, I need some help. I need some work. I, I need to work on myself because I find that I'm, I'm missing the boat when it comes to my parent, my, my family. So how do you, or what do you tell dads, um, like if they need to find a way to balance their time between their family and their business, how do I do that? Because I don't have enough time in the day to, to take care of myself. I'm having to take care of my business and then I'm having to come home and take care of the family. How do I find that balance? Well, the greatest advice that I ever got for that was by my mentor, Tim Grover. And he said, to find balance. You have to cut things because if you look at a perfectly balanced scale, it's at zero. And with social media and all these advices from the gurus that tell us, add this, add this, and add this, and this, and this, and this will create balance. It doesn't create balance. It creates more chaos. 
So how I help dads is when they come to me and I said, number one, the biggest problem is already solved. And that's you saying that you need help and that something's lacking. And it takes a lot, especially for dads and especially being in that parent role. We want to look like superheroes and we want to say, I got it all figured out. The buck stops here. I know everything. So to actually be humble enough to say, you know what, I'm doing good, but I think I can do a lot better. That's the number one problem. And that's the number one situation that we face in personal development when people don't think that they need it and they don't see that the the beneficial side of what it can do for you and your family. So when a parent comes to me, a mom or a dad, and they say, hey, I need help. I'm missing the boat. I'm trying to find balance. I tell them, okay, what are your top goals? Like, let's, let's make a goal and start backwards. What's your top goal? Well, I want to be happier with my family. Okay, great. What's stressing you out? And then they say, you know, they'll say, okay, well, um, I want to be happy with my family, but I'm so stressed out that I'm at work so much and I can't spend time with my family. Okay. So what we would work on in that situation is how much time do you have with your family? And let's make that as, as impactful as possible. You know, it's helping you be present in that moment. And I learned this from Jim Rohn. He said, when you're at the beach, be at the beach. When you're at the office, be at the office. <clears throat> so if you have 20 minutes a day, with your son or your daughter at breakfast, those 20 minutes a day at breakfast belong to your son or daughter, not what you're gonna do at the office, not how many dishes are in the sink, not the lawn being cut on Saturday. It's really being present and using each and every of those 24 hours as impactful as you can. So what I do is I help them see, all right, let's lay out what we do have. It's like rebuilding an NFL franchise, okay? We're not the number one team. Do we have receivers? Do we have an offensive line? Let's see what we do have and build from there. Mm. I get that. I get about being intentional with our time. Uh, it's an area that I've had to work on in my life with, uh, obviously, you know, my two boys being older now, but, you know, coaching all those years that I coached, there were sacrifices that I had to make in other areas of my life in order to be a coach and be an, uh, uh, you know, the all in dad that I wanted to be for them and be present as much as possible. And one of those areas is, you know, my job working in corporate America. That's something that, Hey, I know I have this job to do. And I know this is providing food for my family and a roof over our head. But if that job was going to limit my time with my family, I would have found another job. Fortunately for me, the jobs that I had, allowed me to be there for my family. But I would say that the first, first thing that dads or moms for that matter should do is look at their career. Is this career really truly benefiting me, but also benefiting my family? And if it's not, then maybe adjustments need to be made. The other thing that I did was balancing, trying to find time in the day. Obviously we have 24 hours and that's plenty of time to get stuff done. But <clears throat> sacrificing areas of time with things that aren't important to you, um, those things, as you said earlier, cut those things out, right? Things that, that don't really uh, matter to you or aren't important, those can be pushed to the side. For me, when it came to like my coaching, some of the things that I had to do in order to be there for my kids was I had to get up a little bit earlier in the morning and get into the office a little bit earlier. So that way I could leave a little bit earlier in the day to be there to coach them. I was in the office at 4 a.m. at times just so I could leave at two o'clock so I could be at a game, participate in a game or coach a game. Um, so there's going to be areas you really have to evaluate um, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but I think this is what you're saying. You really have to evaluate where are you spending your time throughout your day and what areas could you really do without? 
So what things are you doing in your day that really are not benefiting you or your family and find ways to cut those things out and put in new things that might be benefiting you and your business and you and your family, right? Right. That's exactly right. And the great thing about that and how you made that point and how you kind of illustrated that, how you showed up at the office, because you said, I'm here at four, so I can leave at two. When you do those things and you cut those things out, a lot of people say, I can't cut things out. Here's the things that you're doing when you cut things out and you keep the main thing, the main thing, which is so easy to say, but so hard to do. It helps you become like you and I love football. So it helps you become that two minute offense. You're crisp. You're paying attention. You know, the hot, the hot route, so to speak. So I'm going to the office from four to two. I'm here and I'm doing everything and I'm giving it my all because my reward is two o'clock. I'm going to see my kids and I'm going to coach them and I'm going to live that side of my life. So it helps you don't dilly dally in, in, in you know, certain areas that you um, put away time for that. And what that does is that makes you rise higher. That makes you operate on that razor's edge constantly. That makes you that Super Bowl winning quarterback, so to speak. And that puts you there. And then that's how you end up, you know, actually, and I wanted to illustrate this when you did this, when you show up at the office early and and you say, I'm going to be here and I'm going to dominate two o'clock, I'm leaving. What that does is, again, with the two minute offense, it puts it there and you're operating in it. Now that's how you get promotions. That's how you start dominating your goals and things that you're just like, I'm here to nine to five. So I'm having a bad attitude. I'm dilly dallying. I'm getting a coffee six times. Even though I'm not drinking it because I don't want to be in my office. You're like, no, I'm here. I'm making calls. I'm making sales goals. I'm dominating and I'm out the door and I'm leaving work at work and I'm going to coach and be with my kids. So it helps you level up and it creates that prize at the end of the road, so to speak of I'm dominating here for my kids and, and I'm going to go all out, you know, that two minute offense going to win the game. And, and that's what helps so much. And that's what I help dads and moms with of like, look, you only got a little bit of time, but with these systems and with sharpening things, we can become a lot more impactful with the time that you have. Yeah. Um, being intentional with our time is, is super important and something that I think parents, parents, moms, and dads struggle with just being intentional with the time. It's amazing that if you really sit down in the morning, maybe the night before, and you evaluate what you have going on the next day, and you put it all down on a, on a calendar or on a notepad, and you just say, this is what I have going on through the day. Include things like even the little things like watching TV or driving, uh, all those different areas, and find ways that you can actually kind of cut out to make time for other things that may be more important, whether it's your business or your family. So um, super important, intentional with our times. That's something that I've, I've been really good at. Um, uh, you know, when my kids were younger and growing up, that was something that I was super, super focused on. Uh, whether I was at the office, I was at the office. When I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids 100% of the time. And that was where my mind was. So um, that's really great. I think for dads, <clears throat> dads in particular, we have a tendency to, because we go a hundred percent into our business or a hundred percent into uh, trying to grow our company or a hundred percent in being involved with our families. We, we miss a lot of the time that we spend with ourselves trying to really fill up our own cup. And what that does is it really tends to take away our motivation. Our motivation drops. So I know that you're very, very highly motivated in all the stuff that you do. You're very committed to the things that you're doing. But if I were to ask you, give me some strategies. If I was to come to you and say, Jeff, I'm just, I'm losing my motivation in certain areas of my life. What strategies do you use, does Jeff use to stay motivated in, in doing the things that you do? 
Well, the number one thing I do is, <clears throat> like I said, finding that time for myself. That's that's the number one way I stay motivated because I'm pouring back into myself every day. So a lot of times a tip for dads when, again, they don't have a lot of time, you have to work out. Uh, you and I have talked, whether that's the gym, whether that's running. And here's what you do. <clears throat> a lot of people are like, oh, I listen to music or I listen to the news when I work out. Don't do that. Listen to, listen to personal development when you work out for two reasons. One, you're using your net time, no extra time, like Tony Robbins talks about. But also, here's what you're doing. And I talked about it. I learned it from Bobby Knight. You're thinking when you're fatigued. So when you're working out and you're listening to personal development, what it's doing is you're growing as a person and you're, you're just completely so tired from working out. But what you're doing is now you're in a very relaxed, very tired, fatigued state, but it's sinking into your brain. When do you flip out as a dad? When do you lose it as a dad? I'm tired. I haven't been sleeping. I'm overworked at the office. I flip out. So we haven't trained ourselves to have that kind of backup plan, that hurricane supply, emotional bank account when we're fatigued. Now, what you're doing to your subconscious when you work out at that personal development, while you're playing personal development is you're bent over, you're fatigued, you're drained. Now that's playing in your ear, that's playing in your head, but it's sinking down lower and lower and lower. So when you would maybe flip out and yell, even though it has nothing to do with your kids, you're just stressed, you now have worked on your subconscious. So when you get here, instead of having nothing and screaming, you now have all that personal development that you put in while you were working out. So you built up your body and you're building up your mind and you're doing it at one time. So that's another strategy that I help dads with. I'm like, you have to kind of look like those pickpockets of where you can put your time and where you can kind of splice things together and be 100% in for you, not overloading, but where things fit together. So I help them a lot with pieces that kind of fit and, and can kind of double what they're trying to do at one time. Yeah, I think that's really cool because that's something that I've had to learn just over the last, I mean, you know this, but just over the last, you know, six months or so, I've really had to work on that area of my life. I've always, I've always tried to incorporate some sort of personal development in my life, whether it's reading books or, um, uh, studying other people or being mentored by other people. I've always tried to work on some sort of personal development, but I've really stepped it up in the last six months. And I should preface this by saying that um, I, you know, I have developed it, not my idea. I don't know where I heard it, but I have developed my own personal board of directors. And, and these are guys that report to me that help me as an individual, not only in my family, but also in, in, in my career, um, in my, my finances, my faith, um, just taking care of myself because companies run from how their board of directors uh, want the direction of the company to go, right? The board of directors call the shots at the top and then it kind of trickles down from there. So my approach was, well, if companies do this to help companies run better, why can't we as individuals have board of directors to help us as individuals run better and do better? And so I developed a personal board of directors where it uh, consists of seven guys uh, that <clears throat> they had to sign contracts. Uh, I put contracts <clears throat> together for them. They had to sign contracts that they were going to commit to this. And then I signed the contract as well, saying I was going to I was going to commit to certain things to them. Uh, and then we meet every other month um, throughout the year and we talk about it's really uh, for for all the guys that are on the board. It's really for everybody to really grow and develop. 
but it's mainly for how can I, how can Brian get better, not only in, you know, my career, but my family, my podcast, all those different areas. Um, and Jeff's one of my board of directors um, because he's so focused on being better as a human being and working on himself personally that I thought he was a good fit to be on my board of directors. And <clears throat> I say all that because it was with his guidance and the rest of the board uh, that I needed to work a little bit more on my personal development. And part of that was reading more books. I need to focus on, on taking in more inventory in my mind through books. Uh, and I found myself, you know, driving to the office where I'd be listening to, you know, AM radio or whatever, uh, or going out for my runs and I was listening to music. And I've, I've switched that because of my board of directors, I've switched that to where I'm now going out on my runs and listening to personal development books. When I'm driving to the office, I'm in the car for a half an hour. I'm listening to personal development books. Um, so that's one area that I had to shift my time and how I was spending it to benefit me and not just nonsense that I was listening to that really wasn't benefiting me. So um, thank you for sharing that, Jeff, because it's super important. I don't, I, I know parents don't do that enough. They don't really take much stock in doing that. Uh, and I think it's a very important part of our lives. It's an area of time that we can utilize that is just nonsense time, whether it's driving or exercising, just nonsense time that we're just kind of filling our mind with just nonsense when we could be really listening to books or listening to some sort of personal development. So um, through the course of talking to my board of directors um, and changing, <clears throat> making that, that shift in what I was doing in my day to day uh, planning, uh, whether it was going for a run or driving in the car, uh, I've now gone from, you know, maybe reading two books in six months to 10 books in six months, you know? So it's really helped me to really grow and develop. So I think that's important for dads to understand and realize moms too. Um, I think it's important for them to, to really take stock in the time that they're using and where it's going and what can they do with that little bit of time that they have to really help them get better as people. That's, that's, that's amazing, Brian. And one, I'd like to say I'm so honored to be on your board. And I also have grown so much from being in that group. <clears throat> also, the biggest thing that you were saying, how you invested in yourself and how much, you know, it's produced tenfold. That's the biggest thing that I try to encourage and tell people is that personal development is not a diet. It's not something where you go on and you lose five pounds and you're right. back to eating donuts and cookies and milk again. Personal development is dedication a lifelong dedication, because as you grow, <clears throat> as you grow, your books will grow. As you grow, your mentors will grow. And the thing is, like you talked about, I used to do the same thing, where it's like music and this and that, because that was my like relaxation, you know, sweatpants for the soul. Like I'm listening to this, I'm listening to that, I'm chilling. But as I did that, it helped me become so much sharper and so much better. And it helped me seek out more challenging, beneficial things with my just Jeff time, so to speak. And you're also so right with parents, any parent um, that needs a list, basically when you're, I can give you a list from when your kid's eight years old till they move out of the house of books they should be reading. The earlier that you can get your child to listen to personal development, the better, not only for you, for communication with your child as a parent, not only for your household, but think about what you're doing for your son or daughter's next generation if you're starting your son or daughter off right now at eight years old and they have a 60 70 year personal development journey what are they gonna what are you gonna be doing for your grandkids 
So it, it means so much, the sooner, the better. If they're reading Clifford the Dog, they could be reading personal development. So, you know, I, I can help with a list of that, but I would definitely encourage you, the number one thing, parents watching this, get your children on the personal development journey as soon as possible. Yeah, I do think that that's important. I think that, you know, for my boys in particular, my my older son is really big on personal development. Uh, he's been his whole life. He's an avid reader. He's always been an avid reader, uh, which has, was easy for me to incorporate personal development to him because he likes to read. Um, I just, as a matter of fact, you just got in the mail yesterday, a, a book that I ordered for him that I got done reading. And I knew that it was a book that, that he would enjoy. So, um, I picked that book up and, and ordered it and came in the mail and he asked me about it. And I said, I actually bought, I listened to the book on tape, but I bought it for you because he likes the heart. He likes the, something tangible. Um, so yeah. I ordered it for him, for him to read and he's excited to read it. So yeah, getting, getting your kids on the personal development journey as early as possible to kind of incorporate that into their lives. So that way, when they do hit those adult years there, it's already in, it's already triggered. It's already kind of that they're, they're used to it. It's not something yeah. new to them. So it's something that my parents didn't do with me. Um, and I wish they would have, because I would have been on that journey much, young, uh, much earlier. Um, so that's great. Um, let me ask you this when it comes to, I know we talk a lot about being intentional with our time uh, and when we're, when we're at the beach, be at the beach, when you're at the office, be at the office. Um, give me some key ways that dads, uh, when they say, Hey, Jeff, I need to find ways that I can really be intentional with my kids. What kind of ways can they do that? How can they do that? Kids enjoy the most. And I can tell you this coming from, you know, a, a, an adult now. And the number one thing my grandpa did with me when he spent time with me, it was just Jeff and him. That's all it was. There was no phones. There was no work talk. It was, what do you want to do? You know, and he would share stories from when he was a kid, whether we throw base and he was 60. So, I mean, he couldn't run up and down the street with me, but he could throw a baseball. He could go fishing with me. So <clears throat> take, take the time with the kids with your kids and really take time and make them feel like they're the only child in the world. If you have to make them feel like they're the only two in the world, you know, and really spend that time and don't be checking your phone and don't be thinking about kids can tell if you're paying attention or not. So be there mentally. Again, it's all about being present. Like you and I talk about that with the board meeting, the board meeting is only like an hour, but when we're there, we're there. Nobody's checking phones. I mean, if somebody has a meeting, we understand, but <clears throat> that's the thing. It's like, we set that time aside for us. And you can tell with the feedback that we give, you can tell with the love that we pour in. And that one hour, like you said, it's every other month, that one hour grows for the whole entire two months until we meet again and then we do it again. So it's all about that being present and making them feel like they're the only children in the world at the time. You don't have to buy your kids Lamborghinis and this and that to make them feel special because the biggest thing my grandpa did for me, we didn't have a lot of, he did a terrific job raising me. I, he, he made such an impact on me. If I'm half the man that he is, I'll be one of the greatest men in the world. The thing that he poured into me was love. And you can't write love with a check. A lot of these parents say, oh, here's $40 million. Here's your inheritance. Go do it. No, he instilled in me love. He instilled in me discipline. He instilled in me do things correctly, do things to make yourself look good, uh, you know, have a relationship with God, do, you know, help people. He instilled things in me that aren't limited by $40 million. They will make an impact on me and the world for life. So back to your question, when you're with your child, spend that alone time with them, give them what knowledge you have and never think that your son or daughter can't understand no matter what age they are, love, discipline, respect, how to treat others. Because just like the personal development, the, the sooner you give it to them, 
the longer the tree has to grow. Yeah. Um, I think you're absolutely right. And I agree. I agree hundred percent with what you're saying. I think that, uh, you know, when I think about the times that my kids were growing up uh, and the fact that, you know, my boys played sports, um, they just naturally gravitated towards sports. I knew that, Hey, I have to be the one that takes them to the practices. I have to be the one that goes to the games and, and I'm going to be sitting there watching their games with them. Why not get involved? So that was my way of kind of giving back to them. If I'm, if I'm going to be there with you to watch practices and watch the games, I might as well get involved. Uh, I also took the time to have personal time with each of them. So yes, I have two boys, but I took time with each of them and we did stuff together, just the two of us. My younger son in particular, we go to a Red Sox game every year. That's something that we've always done. We always go to a Red Sox game and it's just the two of us. We have a particular, they go, they play, they play the angels every year here in Southern California. They play the angels every year and we have a particular spot that we go and we eat dinner or lunch, whatever time the game is, we eat lunch or dinner at this one spot every single year. And we enjoy just the time for the two of us. And then we go to the game and really have a blast. Um, so those kind of things, that's my intentional time with him. Um, so those are areas that you put that stuff, you know, that stuff needs to be on your calendar. We haven't talked much about calendaring your, your, your days or your weeks, um, that was calendar time that I put on the calendar for just my son. I do the same thing with my wife. My wife and I have calendared date nights where we just spend the time together, just the two of us. So um, those things are, are what Jeff's talking about, being intentional with your time. When you're all in, be all in. Don't, don't be all in, but have your phone out and you're look, checking email or, or checking texts. Uh, be all in with your kids. Uh, and I think that you're absolutely right. Kids would love to have money or gifts. But honestly, that's not showing them true love. True love is the time that you spend with them. And I say it all the time, but kids spell love T-I-M-E. That's how they spell love and the time that you're spending with your kids. So uh, it's something that dads should really take stock in and and really try to work on. If you're not good at it now, that's okay. Just work on it. Work on it. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you're going to mess up along the way and you're going to make mistakes as you try to spend more time with them. But really developing that time and spending that time with an intentional time with your kids um, will go a long ways and it will help create that bond for that way when they are older. Um, I've said this before, but my two sons are my two of my best friends. And it's because of all the time that I spent with them as they grew up, they're now two of my best friends. So um, really, really great uh, advice, uh, Jeff. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this. Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. So, and I was going to ask you, and that's the thing, like you talk about with the money, like when so many parents want to write the check, if they don't instill love and discipline and everything in their kids, the kid won't outlast the check. But how my grandparents and my grandpa put everything into me, when you treat people the right way, when you give your best, the money will come with what you do. So you're, you'll be able to make money all your life. But if you didn't give me anything and then you just hand me a check, my abilities won't outlast that check. And, and it's, it's great to give money, but it's great to give everything you have because those kids can't get that from you when you're not here. Like my grandpa did something that'll outlive him, you know? And the next thing I want to say is when you talked about that and I seen your face light up with the game and everything, when y'all go, and how do you feel after you give those moments? You have to sacrifice, but I can hear it in your voice. You feel so excited, so happy, so loved. And it means so much to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, 
it's something that he and I look forward to every year. We, when when the regular season starts back up again in, in, in April or March or April, when it starts back up, we look at the schedule and we figure out, okay, what's what when are they here or when are they local mm-hmm. that we can go watch? And we schedule it back at that time. We, we buy the tickets and get it all planned out. So it's something that we look forward to every year. So one of these years, we're going to get out to the to Fenway and see a game out there. But uh, um, it's something that, uh, yeah, that we look forward to every year. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Okay, so you're an entrepreneur. You're heavy in, in your business and you're heavy in trying to grow as a person. Um, if, if a parent was you know, a dad or mom was thinking about starting a business, wanted to be an entrepreneur, was tired of the corporate America, was trying to work in, uh, you know, that nine to five, they wanted to be an entrepreneur, or they had a child that wanted to do something. They didn't want to work for corporate America. They wanted to be an entrepreneur. My, my son wants to be an entrepreneur. Um, what advice would you give parents that may be thinking about that or have kids that are thinking about doing that? That's a great question, Brian. And so what I'll do is I'll answer that and kind of like divide it two separate ways. So if they're thinking about leaving the corporate world, the number one thing I would tell them is get their why and lean on it. Because being an entrepreneur is great when you have the freedom and you're by yourself. Being an entrepreneur sucks when the lights are getting cut off and either one can happen. So you have to have that why to lean on that dedication. Now, when you get that dedication, what I can tell you is if you can't leave, like you talked about how, you know, your job keeps the lights on and everything, if it's that parent and that's the only income that is holding the household down and you can't leave right away, you can still plan your exit strategy and be developed in that business that you're trying. You can learn um, the top people in that business. You can learn what's the pros and cons in that business. You can read reviews of where your um, competition, so to speak, is lacking. And you can say, okay, my customers need this, this, and this because my competition isn't, isn't giving it to them. That's an opportunity for me. So there's tons of things. You can actually get a notebook together and plan all these things that you can do to be different and to be developing yourself in that part of the entrepreneur that you want to be. And once you have that, once you have that dedication and your why, you're going to have to find that moment when you're going to jump. And there's no, and the biggest thing, because I did this, I was in sales for 20 years and I kept getting employee of the month, four months in a row. And they would try to give me like a 10 cent raise or some stupid bonus. And I told them, I said, you, you give me a 10 cent raise. This ain't 1915. I'm not buying soda pop. You keep the money because you need it more than me. So what I did is there was no perfect time to jump. I said, you know what? I've developed myself. I have a, I'm not telling you jump with no plan. I'm telling you when you get the plan together, when you do some research, you're going to know when that moment is. And when that moment hits you, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be full of fear. That's natural, but that doesn't have to control you. So you're going to have to say, get, say to yourself, I have my why, I've planned, I've done research, and I'm going to jump. And you have to jump. And a lot of things as an entrepreneur, you'll figure it out. <clears throat> Nobody has wrote the entrepreneur Bible, so to speak, that says, this is every single answer to every single problem you'll have. No. Steve Jobs had problems. This one has problems. That one has problems. Everybody has problems. And one of the biggest joys as an entrepreneur is you figure it out. When you figure it out as an entrepreneur, there's wealth to be made. When you figure it out in the corporate world, it's good job, pat on the back and a free lunch at Subway. So there's a difference. The reward is so great being an entrepreneur, but the risk is so devastating sometimes. So you have to be secure in yourself. You have to have a strong mindset. You have to hedge your bets, so to speak, by studying as much as you can on where you want to go as an entrepreneur. And then you have to say, I have my why. Maybe I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it for my family's future. And I'm going to jump. And when you jump, you be in that moment, you're present. And 
like we do with the board of directors, keep the nonsense and the noise away from you because everybody's going to tell you, oh, the economy and wait till this person gets in office and that per there's no perfect time to risk. That's why it's called risk. You have to hedge your bets by setting yourself up for success the best way you can. Keep improving, keep sharpening you know, yourself and mastering your craft and just freaking jump. Now, as a kid, if you have a kid, like let's say they're 15 years old, right? And they start working at one of the grocery stores and like, I don't want a bad grocery, I don't work for myself. Great, okay, so you've obviously seen some TikTok videos and you want the cars and everything else. Here's what you do. You teach your kid, number one, discipline. So what you start doing, if their friends get up at seven, they get up at five. Well, you know, dad, why am I getting up at five? You know, my friends get up at seven. You want to be an entrepreneur. Your friends are trained to be an employee. You want to be an entrepreneur. So you set yourself apart. You get up earlier. You have to do the fundamental planning that a lot of corporate jobs don't have to. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to plant until the ground, you know, so you have to teach them discipline. You have to teach them wise. You have to teach them. Uh, how to have people skills. You have to teach them how to have development in themselves. You have to teach them uh, how to not react to what everybody says and be, you know, like nice to people, even though they might not agree with them. So you have to teach them to be polished. There's so many personal skills that they have to learn. But what I would do is number one, teach them dedication, teach them their why, and teach them that yes, they'll have to work hard, but the payoff is so much higher than being stuck in the corporate world because you control your future, not other people. Yeah, uh, I think it's right. You 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 said something earlier there um, talking about with parents wanting to be an entrepreneur, um, really learning um, about what it is they want to do. So first figuring out that why, that's super important. Why, why do you want to do this? Why is it important to you? Um, why do you think it, it, it matters? Uh, once you have that kind of set in stone, then you really study what it is that you want to do. This is what I want to do. This is the business that I want to get into. This is what the kind of company that I want to run and really study companies that are doing it or other businesses that are doing it that you want to do and really understanding it, right? Really understanding it. Right. And it may take, it may take months. It may take a year. It may take two years, but really right. studying what the, that company, those types of companies do, how to run a business is super hard really understanding how to run a business. Um, those areas are super important. Uh, I think for parents to really understand, they probably don't put a whole lot of time into it. And then I think you're right. When you, when you decide that you've got everything figured out and everything's set in stone of how you're going to do it, um, you have to, you have to jump. You have to take that risk. Yeah. I don't, I yeah, listen, you, okay, I, <laughs> I was, I was, uh, one of the things that I wanted to accomplish in my life was, was skydiving. And yeah, I was scared to do it. I was excited to do it, but I knew why I wanted to do it. And I knew what I would get out of it if I did it. And all those things were important to me. And when I went up in that plane, yeah, the fear set in. I'm like, okay, this is about to happen. <laughs> what if, what if this doesn't happen? That's the risk that we take, yeah. right? What if this doesn't succeed? What if this, right. well, if it doesn't succeed when I'm up in that plane and I jump and that parachute doesn't open, I have a problem. Right. So <laughs> I have that problem. And um, but the bottom line is I was committed to it. I was committed to what I was about to do. And all I had to do was jump. And I took that risk and jumped and it was fulfilling to do. I use that analogy and saying kind of the same thing with being an entrepreneur. You have to. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen when you take that risk. But your why has to be so much bigger than that, than the risk that can come. 
Right. And, and that's the thing, too, and how you said with research, like you have to think back, like Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, all these great artists that we watched, they had to go live with people probably they couldn't stand for 20 years to get their knowledge. Now you can go on YouTube, you can read books. There's never been such an age where you can learn anything you want to, but you have to stay focused on doing it and not get distracted by the nonsense. And you have to lock in and say, OK, today from three to seven. I'm doing research. And that's what you're doing. You're not looking up cat videos. You're not looking up the latest <laughs> Pinterest recipes. You're staying locked in. So if you can lock in, there is no reason you can't become very successful in your industry because everybody's doing data research. Everybody's doing, <clears throat> you know, uh, reviews. Everybody's doing this. So back in the day, you would have had to gather and pay for all these people to do all this research, all these questions that you would have asked that people were tight-lipped. It wouldn't say, we live in an age where people want to tell you all about themselves and they want to talk constantly. Take advantage of that. Go look up everything in your business. It's all laying in front of you. You just got to get your shovel out and dig for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, let me ask you this. If, if my listeners, uh, viewers wanted to learn a little bit more about you, um, kind of see who you are, what's the best place for them to do that kind of stuff? Uh, Instagram at Jeff Volpis. J-E-F-F-V-U-L-P-I-S. Uh, also, I'm on Facebook, but I'm mainly active on my Instagram account. So just at Jeff Opus. I do daily videos. I do Instagram lives. So much mindset teaching. My whole page is pretty much mindset teaching and how to level up. Yeah, um, it's a great resource. Uh, if you guys want to check out and see the kind of things that he's doing, a, a whole ton of knowledge and, and stuff that you can gain from the things that he's doing, not only from his videos, but also his various posts that he makes. Um, a lot of great information out, out there that'll help you, not only in your business, but also help you as an individual and how you can grow to get better each and every single day. So um, yeah, make sure you guys are checking out his Instagram and I'll make sure to put a link down, uh, down in my bio as well. So um, Jeff, thank you very much, not only for being a good friend of mine, being on the board, but being a really good friend of mine and, and, and just, uh, I appreciate our friendship and I look forward to continuing to grow it, but thank you again for uh, being on the show, brother. Oh, it's my pleasure. And Brian, thank you so much for everything you've brought to my friendship. And also, like I've said very quickly, you've helped me heal so much uh, as a man with my biological father leaving. And you and I have had talks of what this show kind of being able to watch dads sit down and get to, uh, get in the heads of dads that actually and what they feel, you know, what I'm saying about their kids and everything and hear it from another perspective as well. So you've helped me gain so much from that. And your show is helping moms, dads. It's just helping the world. And I really appreciate that. Also, I love your boys, man. They're awesome. Uh, Brett was talking about, I was listening to one of his podcasts. He sounded like uh, Epstein over there with the, he was doing some trade, like a guy with his shot and everything. And I got my notepad out. I'm like, this guy's going to work for uh, the Patriots pretty soon with the scouting report. So man, like what you're doing with your family, with the show, I'm just very honored to be blessed by it. and just learned from you and I appreciate you and our friendship so much. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. He's talking about my, my younger son has his own sports podcast and, and he gives a lot of great tips. I mean, the kid is a, 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 he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to sports, he can tell you players, he can tell you stats. He can tell you, I mean, it's just insane. The kind of stuff that he knows yeah. about sports, but uh, yeah. So uh, well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, well, listen, everybody, this has been another awesome episode of Dad Up. I want to thank, again, my good friend, Jeff Fulpas, for joining me. Make sure you guys are checking out what he's doing on Instagram. Um, he's got a lot of great information on there, like I said. And uh, just, just a, I had a really great conversation with you, Jeff. I really appreciate it, brother. And uh, make sure you guys are uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel. Um, 
hitting that little bell so you get those notifications. But make sure you guys are doing those things so you don't miss a single episode of Data Up. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. And please do me a favor, leave a rating and a review. Would love to hear from you and see what you think of the show. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes each week. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Data Podcast. <music>